Welcome to the Queer Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Elise, and each week I'll be interviewing a queer person about their experiences in fitness and sports. This week, I talked to Sam Dengate, a trans personal trainer and powerlifter. This episode of the Queer Fitness Podcast is sponsored by our Patreon. When you support this podcast on Patreon, you are helping make this labor of love a long-lasting one. The first goal covers monthly audiophile hosting and transcription cost, and you get access to patron-only perks like bonus content from every episode. Support the show at patreon.com slash queerfitnesspod. Could you introduce yourself, uh, your name, your pronouns, uh, your mm-hmm. queer identity, and any other words to describe you or what you're up to? Just a general introduction. Yeah, so my name's Sam. Uh, my pronouns are he, him. Um, I identify as a queer trans guy, and I've been coaching for, as I said, about almost about eight years, and it's a big integral part of who I am and what I do. Um, I medically transitioned probably about 11 years ago now, come to think of it. And like 11 years ago doesn't seem like a long time, but in terms of queer circles and spaces, it it is a decent amount of time. And you will either generally find me pretty much at the gym coaching or mostly sleeping or playing with cats. That's pretty much how it goes. Nice, nice. Um, could you tell me what life is like now as a trainer? And mm-hmm. you talked about opening the gym, so just tell me more. Yeah. So as I said, I've been coaching about eight years now. I've spent time in commercial, like 24-hour gym spaces, running facilities, PTing out of them. I now manage a boutique strength and conditioning uh, type facility. So no mirrors, all just barbells, racks, all of that kind of stuff. So I'm up at five o'clock. Uh, most mornings, got to get to the gym by 5.30, open it. Luckily, it's not too far from where I live. Um, and then I will coach from about first session at 6 a.m. I'll probably coach all the way through till about 10.30, close the gym, and then I'll see some of my own personal clients. I'll get my first break at about 1 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. Then I'll eat. Um, then I'll train myself. Then I'll probably push a few more other clients in. Then I will come back and reopen the the facility for the afternoon shift, uh, in which we'll go to probably about 8 o'clock, and then I'll pop in another one or two clients of my own, and then it's mad dash to get to bed. And that's five and a half, six days a week for me at the moment. That is a busy (laughs) schedule. That is a yes, it is. But I really love what I do, so it doesn't seem doesn't seem that bad. My Wednesday morning sleep in is something that I Wednesday morning and Saturday morning sleep ins are something that I very much jump towards. Yeah, I understand that off days, uh, break or whatever. You don't have the same weekend as everybody else. I get that. hundred percent with my phone. I have two rules. Like I'm asleep by ten, so at nine feel like I will respond the next morning. And on Sundays, I throw my phone across the ocean, and then I will just not talk to anyone for twenty four hours. So then back on Monday, I'm present. I'm here. We're all good, and we get back into it again. Nice, nice. Uh, personal trainer for eight years. Can you tell me how that like started and yeah. and even changed over the eight years? I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm originally corporate banking and finance trained. I spent time in like legal and property and things like that. At the time, I was uh, 130 kilos, 65% body fat, and virtually chained to a desk. Um, And it wasn't until 
my I was going in consultations for top surgery and the surgeon at the time and I do want to preface this and of course like all bodies are beautiful everyone's in is choices of their own but I had a particular aesthetic that I wanted to achieve and the surgeon at the time told me that I was not able to do that and my health markers were not in a very good spot and they were worried around complications with surgery and that's almost like was a light switch in the back of my head. I went and got a PT the next day. Someone that had been very quiet through my transition process and very private, I just walked in and went bang with a coach and just went, here's what I want, here's what I'm trying to do. And I spent a couple of years with them, dropped a, a lot of dropped a lot of body fat and started building the physique that I particularly wanted. And then it kind of got to the stage where it was like, I want to give that to somebody else. That, that opportunity was given to me and it felt really, really amazing. And I wanted – and during that time, I didn't – it was a very unsafe space for most queer people in general within commercial gym fitness spaces and it was a daunting experience. I was kicked out of other gyms, which is why I was so happy that when I found this, this human, someone had created a safe space for me, I then wanted to create that safe space for others. Um, over the years, I've seen a lot of – I've seen that the fitness industry in its most toxic masculine forms. I've seen everything from the dude bros to just some, some really horrible experiences with humans. But I'm really happy to see as time's gone on, there is a shift. It is There is still – there's a lot more open spaces. There are a lot more – amazing allies these days and speaking specifically here in Melbourne in Australia a lot more um, queer providers and operators starting to emerge which is really really lovely um, it has a long way to go in terms like in terms of the fitness space in terms of understanding in terms of um, just knowledge base especially with um, a lot of trans and gender non-conforming humans what it is like to navigate through that, that fitness space as the body changes and things. And there isn't, there's not a lot of research yet. So it's, um, I'm very, I'm, I'm excited to see as time goes on, um, how that space is going to cater and change to, to all of the humans coming through. Definitely. You mentioned working for like a 24 hour gym in mm -hmm. the past, how was that experience? Was that an accepting place? Was that, yeah, just tell me. Um, at, at, at the time, so with when, when I transitioned, when I moved from one industry to the other, I somehow mad, I managed, like, it was actually quite, you know, quite a stealth way. It wasn't intentional. Um, I, I said I'm, I'm very privileged and I've worked hard to achieve my idealization of what my transition should be and then, and but that I'm also very cis presenting, um, so I didn't encounter. But my experience was different, obviously, to a lot of other trans individuals. So it wasn't wasn't I wouldn't say it was seamless. There was a whole lot of just classical conditioning in the way that I've grown up. The, the you know the the way I had grown up through my formative years and just dealing with the the change and adapting to people. And it was a rude shock. Uh, what I experienced um, in the fitness space with a lot of just the way cis males can can be sometimes. Um, but as as time went on, um, I, it wasn't until I moved to Melbourne, which was a couple of years later, that I was less unintentional, it was less hidden 
and not that anyone should be. That was just a period of my life where I had to reconcile uh, where I was going um, versus my current physicality and what I wanted to do, my own gender identity and things like that. Um, and it probably wasn't until I would say within the last two to three years that I started searching out more for the more f- and specializing more in the trans and gender diverse space and, and, and almost like tackling some of those issues that I see head on. Um, cause I was at a space of com- confidence and comfort and was like, I, someone needs to, like, I need to do this. Like I've got the experience I've got, I've felt I've got the, I'm in a position of privilege to be able to do this. So I've got to do something. Uh, and that's kind of where TGen like is built and has, has come from and is, is continuing to drive towards. Yeah, that makes sense. You're like, yeah, mm. building your confidence. Yeah, like I had to be confident and comfortable with it within myself to be able to have the honor and privilege to facilitate some sort of development growth or help in some way to others. Yeah. Let's talk about like your personal fitness journey. I saw that you Tell me all the things. <laughs> were doing some bodybuilding. I, I, I've, dab- I've dabbled. Um, so I'm not a purist per se. So I've spent time in bodybuilding. I've spent time in CrossFit and Muay Thai. And right now I'm powerlifting. Um, so I compete with, as I said, gender, gender males in, in competition in a tested federation. Um, and my understanding, there was one other human prior to me in Australia that's competed in a tested federation because uh, we have to fill out therapeutic exemption forms because obviously based on hormones, we would test positive regardless of levels. Um, and as much as it was a very, very daunting experience, it was a lot of fun and something I want to continue. Um, will I stay with powerlifting forever? Who knows? Like three months later down the track, I might get bored and do something else. We'll see what happens. I like, I like diversity. I like learning different skill sets from different coaches and picking and pulling and choosing. Um, like the more you know, the more you can help really others. So that's just kind of where I am now. Um, but yeah, so personally, I think, yeah, it was about 50 kilos that I dropped over time, um, over the course. And like right now, because I'm working so much, I'm probably only training four days a week, um, because I need to get to bed. Because if, you know, can't pour from an empty cup, if I can't get sleep, I can't help anyone else. Tell me more about like the, Mm. specifically the bodybuilding and then maybe even the Mm. Muay Thai and like whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me more. Yeah. yeah. So um, I've had a few different coaches over the years. So I initially started in bodybuilding. What are we in 2020? So I I would say maybe 2015. Mm -hmm. Um, ish, I was working with a coach. I was planning to go to the um, International Association of Trans Bodybuilding, so the conference in Atlanta. Um, unfortunately, life got in the way. I was about eight weeks out of prep, about to book tickets, and then life got in the way and I was unable to go. Um, and then I kind of – and I was really – I was a bit upset about it at the time and I was like, no, I'm not going to stop. Like I, I worked so hard towards it and then we're going to get him cut at the knees, cutting cut off at the knees – but then um, a friend of mine dragged me like to, to Muay Thai nearby house. It was just something fun, a community-based environment to just kind of get up and moving. And I probably spent about uh, about six months there. Um, and everyone was about 30 kilos less. Like if I could grab you, I'd get you. But I'd have to be able to chase you first. And I was just too heavy to get after them. Um, and then I moved from there. was with that for a while. Then I probably moved back to 
bodybuilding or, or traditional like bro splits, you know, leg day, back day, chest day, all of that kind of stuff. And it wasn't until about a bit of a year or so ago, a really, really good friend of mine introduced me to powerlifting and she was like, do it. Just, just give it a go. Just do it. I really enjoyed the fact, the community vibe, that it wasn't about aesthetics. It was about performance. Like powerlifting is an individual, uh, sorry, is a team sport played by individuals. And the, these, these humans are really, really lovely. And regardless of being trans or whatever, they were like, no, come in, do this. We've got you. This is a safe space, et cetera. And it was, it was really, really nice. Uh, coaches have coaches for a reason. Like I, I, I have my own that, that looks after me and helps me push and go through and just coming into that space. This same human is now my coach and um, I'm just, I'm really enjoying where it is. I'm planning to compete in the trans powerlifting comp in Canberra in June. Um, it's the only one here in Australia. So it's kind of like all steam um, ahead pretty much against it. So Jackson like competed there and dibs as well. So it's, my turn. Yes, I'm do it. <laughs> awesome. Um, that's super, super cool. I also saw, like, way back on your Instagram that you have mm. had some, like, serious injuries that have prevented training and yes. need recovery and all of this. Can you talk yes. about dealing with that? What, what's that yeah. been like? And Yeah. yeah um, all coaches are about 50 shades of broken. We just work our way to, around it and things. So... When I first started my fitness journey, I didn't know any better and I didn't have the education. I just thought, you know, you just thrash yourself. That's what you do to get to a level of health. You just make yourself feel worse. So I was playing basketball at the time um, at 130 and I was wearing what, what I found out later was the incorrect shoes and I tore both plantar fascias. So the muscle, the really thick tendon on the bottom of your feet, tore them both at the same time. And for anyone that's had plantar fasciitis, everyone would be wincing right now knowing what that pain feels like. Um, and I didn't do anything with it really for two years. And because I was quite sedentary, not really moving as much, um, it took a lot. It, it, uh, and I didn't really know how it would kind of heal. It was just, it was a whole nasty business basically. Um, then after a bit, I got very heavily into weight training because there was no impact on my feet. I could still keep moving. And because of the way... Because of my feet, I was incorrectly loading. So all I was incorrectly laterally loading. So all of my weight was going on the outside of my feet and then going all the way on the outside of my legs. Um, and eventually my right hip blew out. And during those few years, I slipped and fell backwards on some stairs and hit myself in the back. So from about L4-5 to the bottom of my glutes just didn't work. So all of my top, my top, upper back took the load, my hamstrings took the load, but my glutes didn't work for years. And then my right SIJ kind of like QL went, no, you know what? And then one like one day after some heavy deadlifts, I couldn't get back up. Um, and it was about 18 months, two years before I was able to squat to deadlift again. I had to go through, do all the rehab, do all the work one day at a time. But if you persist and you push through, you can do it. Like I competed in December, pulled 190 off the floor, back squatted 143. Like you can do it. You've just got to go through the homework. Don't rush it. Get help. Look after yourself. And bit by bit, you'll persevere and push through. Goodness, that's a lot that one body can take. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just hearing the like. Again. 
I've done some some dumb things in my time, but you know, I got to test stuff out before I give it to clients. So do as I say, not as I do. I'm kidding. I'm totally <laughs> kidding. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask about the your phrase, uh, the like, oh gosh, the body that you envisioned. Mm. Um, because in my mind, this sort of mm. is attached to some toxic masculinity or was it really mm. just like dysphoria or, um, or is, is there really like a mental image that you had? Um, the, the, the make... image kind of, yeah, yes, yes. You see where of. I'm heading, but yeah, I, no. I don't want to like say anything wrong, you know? Like, I, no, I no, 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 not at all. Um, the, the what the, the 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 physical um attributes that i've always wanted to embody isn't necessarily for everybody um i i am fully aware and i'm i'm respectful like i'm i'm, I'm a big dude like i said i'm five five nine like 90 kilos um i'm big like i'm big and don't get me wrong i'm an absolute teddy bear but looking at me in the street it wouldn't may not necessarily seem that way. So I'm very mindful of my size and my space and how I kind of perceive, but that's, but that's something I, I, I want. I want to look like a powerlifter. I, I want to look like I train. I, I like the aesthetics that, that go with it. And, um, that was, I did have to sit down and, and, and be like, is that toxic male culture conditioning? Like, is that where that came from? And no, um, I, I would love to break the stereotype that all big dudes are, you know, assholes. Um, it's just going to take one human at a time really, but I, I enjoy the fruit of my labor. I, I enjoy lifting big. And I like, I enjoy looking like I lift big cause I've busted ass to, to do that really. If that, if that makes oh, sense. Oh, definitely. Definitely. That was yeah. a good that was a good explanation. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your 10-year picture that you posted was so interesting. Yes. Yes. Um, can you talk about, like, uh, looking back on? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. Pre-weight loss it, it, or, like, childhood it, even? Yeah. Just... Yeah, like, it, it seems like a lifetime ago, but yesterday at the same time. So that that initial photo was around the same time when my surgeon went, you're, you're, I can't give you what you need to do. And I look at that photo now and I can see, like I can see the despair. I can see un, how unhappy I was. I was a year or so on testosterone and I was like, what's happening? It's nothing's happening the way that I want it to. Um, and when, and it's, it was, it was a rather confronting photo, like in 10 years it's like it, it's a decade. It's it's almost it's a decent period of time, and then like the learning, the growth, the development, the change. Like I'm still that person in in the first photo. I'll never forget where I came from because I wouldn't be that person today without it. And I look at the at the the later photo while I, there's, there's so much progress. I'm still not done, um, and. While as I think it's extremely important to celebrate your achievements and give yourself a huge pat on the back for how far you've come, so to speak, I always like to stay hungry in the sense of there, there's something more and, and not in a self-deprecating kind of a way. It's like, you're amazing. You've done this, whatever. All right, on to the next thing because 
you know, you don't know like what someone can be, someone must be. There's, there's nothing in my personal opinion that's it's not so much sad, like but wasted, wasted potential makes me sad. And it's like you've got you can if this is anyone in the world, like you've got this, we're in a great spot here. Like whatever you want to do, just just do it. One foot in front of the other, keep going. So for me, in terms of I always like keep pushing the boundaries because I I unfortunately don't know many as I said transgender diverse humans that are when I say quote unquote have been transitioning like longer than me I only know maybe about one or two others so especially even talking with my doctors and coaches and health professionals it's I'm almost guinea pigging a few things seeing where the body can go and what it can do because the research and the study isn't quite there yet so let's see what happens and if there's any way that I can help with that data for other people in the future let's do it yeah do you view fitness differently as a queer person? And like we talked about some of it with the the body image and and that kind of thing, but like what you're getting from fitness, are you like I, I don't know. However you yeah, want to yeah. interpret that question. So fitness as a queer person, I see is a really untapped area that can that can be linked back to uh, body positivity, strong, strong mental health, um, and a really unaddressed area when it comes to quality of life uh, within the queer space, mainly because of the barriers to entry set up um, by cisgendered uh, culture, unfortunately, and the the toxic nature and the, just the the education, like the training principles, nutritional principles don't change a lot. There just hasn't been, like it's just not as accessible because of the the fear element and the unfortunate execution and the experiences that we've all had to experience as a queer person over the years. Um, you know, the, the extremely confronting gym environments, the the, the, the tox, toxic masculinity, the lack of understanding of the changes of everything that's happening within the bodies of transgender diverse people. Um, so the more, and I'm all for it, like the more queer fitness providers that are out there, the more people that can break down these barriers to just give freedom of information and, and, and access, like I'm all for it. It's like, why does it have to, it shouldn't be ours or theirs. It should be, it's for everyone. Like why can't, anyone and everyone get into the, the, the health and fitness space. Like, have fun with it. Find something that you enjoy. Find You will find a lot of like-minded people in that space and it's just a way of extending the support network, uh, the friendship groups, and having autonomy over your own self and your own body, which is, which is great. And if I can, yeah, like just every, everyone should do it. It's great. It's fun. But also at the same time, if you don't want to, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, back to personal training. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you give something different to your clients as a queer trans uh, personal trainer? So, uh, it, so that, that that's a that's a loaded question. I'm like, where where do I go with that? Um, so, in in terms of service offering and things, I cover everything from face to face coaching, programming, nutrition, sleep, stress management, all of that stuff. I can have ten different people in front of me with the same goals but I will give you 10 different pathways because you're 10 different people. Um, as, I, as I touched on previously, 90% of what I do is psychology of the person in front of me. The exercises, like the, the, the 
the plethora of thousands of different exercises and programming and all of that kind of stuff, that is a second thought. Exercise selection and programming will come down to obviously the goals of the person in front of me, their comfortability and where they're kind of at in terms of their body at the moment. What what I provide is a safe space and a, a breakdown between the crap on Instagram and the goals that they want to achieve. So as I said before, my first job is to get them healthy and functional because, you know, you can't drive a car down the freeway when you're missing three tires and an engine's fallen out up the back. Um, it's my, my intake process is very much very much mental health orientated, stress and sleep management. The training stuff kind of comes afterwards because a lot of the people that come, a lot of the humans that come and see me have never been in the gym space before. They're deathly afraid of barbells and dumbbells and what can kind of happen there and have very little nutritional literacy. So we work, we literally work on the basics. You may barely even sweat in your first session. I just want you comfortable in that space. We're going to go through some basic movement screenings and things like that. And then eventually as time goes on, we progress. Most, I specialize a lot more in pre, uh, pre-surgery, especially most with like trans-mask humans. Um, while I do cater to other individuals, that is kind of where my speciality is based on my experience and the clients that, that do come come my way. So we do a lot of um, prep work prior to, to surgeries and things for those that wish to uh, opt for those, and that involves a lot of undoing the damage that binding does, especially from a postural stance and a comfort level, especially someone that had to bind for about four years, my back and shoulders, it was just it was quite nice. So the more that we can undo that prior to while starting to sculpt and build a body that they wish to have that way the the result will be better down the end and the recovery time is a lot less and it's just very much health focused in in, in that sense i don't want to be the coach that you need forever because that would make me really horrible but i want you to want me forever though just based on rapport time results all of that stuff does that make a bit of sense oh yeah definitely definitely yeah, cool but you feel like there's anything i haven't touched on Anything you'd like to expand on or say more about? Um, I Anyone that, that, that's thinking about this kind of space and is not sure how to do it, it is 100% okay to ask for help. This isn't a space that anyone – like fitness is for everybody. It should be for all bodies, all humans, all people. And while it can seem daunting – I can promise that it is, is from my from my experience and the experience of those in my class. It is a lot of fun. You can have so much fun, and you can you achieve you can achieve such a higher sense of self, a better understanding of your body, what's happening, what's what you want to do with it. Like it's 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 a beautiful thing, and it it, it saved my life. And if it can potentially save yours, give it a go. Like there is. There are so many amazing coaches and humans out there all across the world emerging, especially in the queer space. So I, I encourage everyone to have a look and ask questions and skill share. And you know, over time, we can hopefully break down this barrier of access to information for all, for a better quality of life for all. Nice, nice. Where can people find you? Like Instagram handle, website, that kind yep. of thing? Absolutely. So my Instagram handle is Sammy underscore TGen. So S-A-M-M-Y underscore T-G-E-N. And my website site is 
tgenerationtraining.com, like flick me a DM, send me a message. I, I said, even if I'm not the right, but necessarily the right fit or the right person who can help you, I'm more than happy to pass you on to somebody that I trust. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much where you can kind of find me. This has been great. Thank you. I've, I've very much enjoyed talking to you. You're very, very, very easy to talk to. Thanks. This episode of the Queer Fitness Podcast is sponsored by our Patreon. When you support this podcast on Patreon, you are helping make this labor of love a long-lasting one. The first goal covers monthly audiophile hosting and transcription cost, and you get access to patron-only perks like bonus content from every episode. Support the show at patreon.com slash queerfitnesspod.